0: Hello, and welcome to the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, the Mother, and the Myths. My name is Vanna Matthews, and along with my co-host, Melinda Crowder Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another Raw and Uncut Conversation. Countless moms wrestle with mom guilt, those mental attacks that cause them to question the adequacy of their parenting. Where do these nagging thoughts originate? And why do moms so easily buy into the exaggerated accusations? In her new book, Guilt-Free Mommy, Dana Reed shares her own journey from being guilt-ridden to becoming guilt-free. With humor, relatability, and practical application, she shares how you can release the unreasonable guilt that comes with motherhood and trust your ability to effectively parent your children. Buy it now at online retailers or visit her website at guiltfreemommy.com and receive 10% off with code MOM. I am super excited to be interviewing Lanisha Tab of Education with an Apron today. She is a rock star. She is a virtual kindergarten teacher for 42 students. And so I'm so excited to be getting some back to school tips from her, not only from the perspective of a teacher, but also the perspective of a mom. Lanisha Tab is a wife, a mom to two children, Lillian and David Jr. and a full-time kindergarten teacher. She has been an educator for 15 years and is known for her black dresses and variety of aprons. Lanisha started the Education with an Apron blog to motivate primary educators to break out of the box with fresh and innovative teaching ideas. Lanisha is a proud supporter of her culture and believes in the power of representation. She teaches her students about the contributions of black Americans through her Black History Resources Kit. Along with her co-author and fellow teacher, Naomi O'Brien, Lanisha will release her first book, Unpack Your Impact, this fall. Listen in as Lanisha Tapp shares back-to-school tips for navigating through the virtual world of education and discusses her work with Juicy Juice as an education expert for their back-to-school campaign. Hello, Lanisha. Welcome to the CEO Mom Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Let's learn a
0: little bit more. I know we have read your amazing bio, but tell us about your background and how life led you to become a kindergarten teacher.
1: This is year number 15 as a teacher. And, you know, that all started, I don't know if this is a nationwide thing. I'm pretty sure it is. But that all started when I went to work with my mom. She was working at a school and it was daughters, take your mother to work day or take your daughter to work day. And I grudgingly went to work with her. At an elementary school, I was like a sophomore and I looked around and was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like I could grow up and do this. And it just kind of took off from there. So my entire career, I've either been a kindergarten, a first or a second grade teacher. So I love the primary grade.
0: Awesome. I love that your mother played a huge role in you becoming a teacher. So what inspired you to start education with an apron?
1: There was this movement that happened. Oh, probably around 2008, 9, 10, somewhere around there, where teachers started to create blogs and they would share what was going on in their classroom. And they would take all these great pictures and it just all of a sudden exploded. Like it went from just a handful of blogs that everybody checked to like thousands and thousands of blogs where educators started, you know, just sharing their practices and then they started sharing their resources that they were creating because you're creating it for your class anyway. So we ended up having a platform where we could post our resources for sale and other teachers could choose to buy them if they wanted to do something like an extra fun activity. And it was a way to make some extra income on the side. I mean, cause we all know that, you know, teachers, you know, no one goes into teaching for the pay. So <laughs> we're always on a hustle. <laughs>
0: We talked a little bit earlier about how you started teaching virtually to 42 students. I, I couldn't imagine I'm struggling with just my two. What has that experience been like so far and what are some quick tips based on your first week as a virtual teacher?
1: I've learned a lot in a short amount of time and so just you know narrow it down to a few things. Grace, flexibility are the two biggest, you know not even grace for just like the situation that I'm in, but like for myself. The very first day, that we got started of course the technology was all over the place i opened my email to almost 30 emails or messages and you know the parents were very anxious because school was starting tomorrow you would get a couple messages that were like well i haven't even heard anything what's going on and it immediately made me feel just completely overwhelmed i got close to just you know falling out and crying because you want to do a good job but you can only control what you can control. That night I came home, I was like really sad and anxious and I got in the shower and I literally told myself, this is the last night you're gonna stress out about technology, you don't work for IT, you barely even remember your, your own passwords to get into your own websites, So you're certainly not about to sit here and stress out and fret and cry over like network issues that you have no control over. <laughs> and you know, so I just I just told myself, I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to give myself permission to tell parents, you know what, if, you know, there's a technology glitch, I'm so, so sorry about that. Please know I'm doing everything I can do on my end. And, you know, I would love for us to be connected every time, but things are going to happen. So, you know, that's just the first one, just grace, especially when it comes to technology, because that's what technology does. It works, but it also glitches, and we just have to be prepared for that. And then the only other really huge takeaway that I have gotten in the short amount of time is over communication is key. So I feel like as long as I am communicating with the parents, all 40 families were totally fine with whatever I told them as long as they knew something, right? So even if it was like, hey, I know you are expecting this to happen. This is where I am. This is when it might happen. On Sunday nights, just as a practice, I write down goals for the week for my classroom. I shared that with the families so that they knew okay, this isn't up and running yet, but she has it on her goal list so I can look for it this week. Just little things like that, like that over communication has been extremely helpful. And and even with the parent, communicate with me, like, don't be frustrated. Don't hop on Facebook and trash the school and trash the teacher. You know, we're doing the best we can. Like, just tell me and we will work it out and it'll, it'll all be fine.
0: That is some really good advice. I love that. I can just imagine what you teachers are going through. I just want to say thank you because I know it's a challenge. Parents are used to some type of back-to-school routine, but for most of us, this year has brought on new layers of preparation. What are some things families can do to get back into a school routine, especially in this new environment?
1: I don't know about you know all the people listening, but For me and my family, quarantine was like just complete lawlessness. We tried right at the beginning, those first couple of weeks, to have like a tight schedule, and I was like, "I'm going to be that mom that's you know right on top of it," and quickly fell apart, of course. And so, literally for the next couple of months, my kids were just living their very best life, and I feeling bad because they couldn't go anywhere, they couldn't go to school, church, none of the things. And so we kind of let them, and so. For me and my kid, my own personal children, we prepped before school started. So, I mean, that would be my first tip. Like, if you're not already in school, I would start prepping for it now, um, whatever that's going to look like. Is it, uh, for me and my husband, we ordered them alarm clocks. And a couple of weeks before school started, they had to practice getting up when their alarm clock went off. And then we started to list out the things that they had to get done, you know, just a slow role of responsibilities that they had, even just turning things over to them so that they could even feel like, okay, we're about to have a change, would be like they help pack their lunch. Anything that's grabbable, they can grab their juicy juice, they can grab their fruit snacks, anything that's in a package and grabbable, they are responsible for grabbing. And then I'm only left or my husband is only left to pack things that need to be actually made and placed into their lunch. So just little things like that, that, you know, if you can get ahead of it, I think the routine will be much more smooth when it's actually time to execute it. But even if you have gone back, I mean, I don't think it's too late to start, like sit your kids down and say, hey, this is the new thing that we're going to do because we all need to have a little more structure and we'll all be happier if we have some things done. This is what we're going to do going forward. It's so
0: important that you've said, even if you have already started school and you don't have a routine, you can still start today. You can still backtrack and create some structure. I love that. So with this virtual learning being new to all of us, parents, teachers, students, how do parents keep their kids motivated to learn? And how do parents keep themselves
1: motivated to teach? This is such an interesting question because everyone's situation is so different. There are some schools that they have a schedule where the kids are supposed to basically be in front of a screen from eight o'clock until three o'clock. And then there's other schedules where you only meet certain times during the day. So it's so, it's so much. And I think it's what you just said. None of us have ever done this before. So really none of us have the answers or we're just all sort of feeling our way. So for me, I look at that as a chance to practice flexibility. And it's a great time to teach your kids about flexibility and resilience. Even my own children, we sent them back to school after lots of prayer and deliberation. We finally were like, okay, the class numbers are low. We're just going to go back. But I have already had to sit my children down and let them know there is a huge possibility. Like you're so happy right now and you're you're back at school, but there's a huge possibility that you might be right back at home because we don't know what's going to happen. If, if there's an outbreak at our school, you can be right back here. I feel like this generation of children is going to get such a unique opportunity to learn how to deal with hard things and to deal with disappointment or to practice flexibility or to find the silver lining. I think it's all about just finding those nuggets of teachable moments that we can talk to our kids about and so you know the tips to keep going like that I feel like that's what it is like yeah today might have been a hard day or maybe today was a great day but if it was a hard day talk about what was hard and then the one thing that I'll end with for this question is just reminding yourself that this is temporary I mean none of us know how long it's going to last but I mean, I I certainly don't think it'll be the rest of our lives, temporary. So if we just do the best we can and try to keep that in mind, there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: I agree. These are some great teachable moments for all of us, but especially for our children. So in addition to helping kids stay motivated to learn at home, how do parents keep virtual learning fun?
1: That's an interesting thing, too, because we live in this information age where literally anything can be accessed. You know, if you have a question, you can look it up. If you want to see a video. My, my son came in one day completely obsessed with lava, and I was like, oh, let's well, sit down. And I found some videos on YouTube that you know taught him all about lava. And so I almost feel like in order to keep it fun and fresh, we need to think about the balance of information that they're getting. And by that, I mean all of the research that's come out recently about screen time. It's interesting to me that we are seeing so many children being made to sit in front of screens all day for the sake of e-learning or digital learning, you know. Um, And that's interesting to me because in my mind, I would think I would want my kids to learn a little bit, hop off, go learn in a different way. Because I've been even telling the parents that I service right now, I'm like, listen, if your kids were in school with me right now, we would do a reading for maybe 30 to 45 minutes and then I would let them go play. And then I would pull them back together and we would do a math lesson for 30 or 40 minutes. And then I would let them go play because that is what kindergarten is. Like they still need a chance to learn. They need a chance to develop language. They need to work with their hands. They need to cut and mold glue and, or uh, mold Play-Doh and all of those things because that's such an, an important part of them, you know, not only learning academics, but self-regulation and, you know, all of the things. So to keep it fresh and fun, I say like limit. It sounds so weird, but I would limit the screen time if you can and then really encourage them to learn in different ways or show them what, like, yeah, you're playing with blocks right now, but you're actually learning, you know, this. Uh, or we can talk about the shapes or we can talk about, you know, anything else that you might be playing with or we can mix art colors when we paint and, you know, then they're learning about art, you know, so there's just a lot of ways that we can honor the idea of learning, it doesn't always have to be what we think about traditionally. It doesn't have to be math facts and learning how to do sentences and things like that. Learning is everything, really.
0: I'm a huge advocate for learning while you play, so I love that. Speaking of parents staying motivated to teach at home, a part of their motivation is making self-care a priority. What are your top self-care tips for
1: moms who need a break? I'm not qualified for this because in my house, like every... (laughs) My house... It's my husband, (laughs) he's the one who does everything. I am the one that like comes in and like throws my stuff on the floor and like never cleans up after myself. And my husband is right behind me. And he does like such a great job with my kids. Like we almost those like stereotypical, you know, traditional roles, which I don't love for anybody, but they exist. They're the opposite of my house. So I should be thinking about him and what he could do for self-care. But no, I do. I, I pull my weight just in different ways. And so for me, it is a couple things. Self care can be seasonal for me. And by that, I mean, I will have a season where I know I have to grind and I'm not going to get a lot of rest or, you know, which is so unhealthy, but like this is just sort of how I function. I know for this week or two, I really have some big projects coming up. I've got to push, push, push. But then I know that after that, I take a huge break and I might not do a single thing. I might not log into one social media account. I might not even check my email for the next couple of weeks because it's seasonal. I'm not very good at getting through all of the things in one day. So waking up and working out and having quiet time and playing with my kids and cooking, like that is very difficult for me to get all the things in one day. So I would much rather think like, okay, I'm in a grind season. This is like push for this amount of time. And then I'm going to break for a nice amount of time as well. And then I also would just say for self-care, so many people just, Need to redefine what we even mean when we say self care. A lot of people think of it as like fluff, like oh, I need to go get a manicure and I need to take a bubble bath. Those things are nice because it's good to take care of yourself. But for me, self care is doing the things that are not necessarily fun or pampering, but they were they will serve me well in the future, right? And so it like for me, self care is. Honestly, meal prepping or cleaning up my space because I know if I get home from work and I had a rough day seeing a space that is messy or you know not kept up, or if I have no food prepared, I'm gonna make bad decisions or I'm going to feel even worse than I felt before because. I didn't take care of something that needed to be done. So self-care is so different in my mind because it's not just about like going to get your nails done and getting a facial. It's really just doing the hard stuff, but it's going to serve you well in the in the future.
0: I love that. I especially love that you have redefined and identified what self-care is to you. I too love organization that really helps to keep my anxiety low people need to know that there are different types of self-care. So let's talk a little bit about your work with Juicy Juice as an education expert for their back-to-school campaign. Tell us about that in the teacher contest.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. So that is so exciting. They reached out and they were saying that they wanted to partner with a teacher and then a mom and you know basically all of the things that I am. And I couldn't believe it because anytime there is a company that, goes out of their way to appreciate educators and teachers I'm all in and so when they were like oh we're having this contest and we want to love on teachers and give away they have thirty thousand dollars in prizes and two teachers are going to walk away with a check for ten thousand dollars it's just so incredible but then on the parent side of things a lot of parents are so appreciative of the teachers that work with their children so what a beautiful opportunity to be able to nominate your child teacher you know to possibly win an award like this and there's a bunch of other awards if you go to juicyjuice.com/thankful there's a bunch of other awards that will be given out i was just so thrilled to partner with them on the mother the mom side of things to offer tips to parents and things that might help in this season but then also i get to put on the teacher hat and i get to say like you know here are some things that i can it's just a different perspective being a full teacher and a full mom at the same time during you know a pandemic where some kids are in school and some kids aren't and i'm experiencing all of it like my own children are in school but i teach virtually so you know i really do feel like i've got a a pulse on a lot of different kinds of situations that are happening now all across the country there's always going to be great content on their website i'll be there for a bit longer sharing some articles and tips and things like that that'll still be helpful
0: thank you so much Lanisha for all of these incredible tips I feel like what you've shared today is really going to help parents just take a deep breath and teachers know that we do appreciate you and all of the work you're doing
1: well that is so great to hear and I'm so glad I really hope that it is uh, you know helpful to
0: to someone so how can our listeners connect with you
1: I am most active on Instagram. My handle there is apron underscore education. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I just don't really love to hang out there all that much. <laughs> and then my website is my first and last name, com. And I put lots of fun content on there as well for you know, parents and teachers alike. Well, thank you so much. No, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you
0: for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, the Mother, and the Myths. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at ceomommagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by B.O.P.D. and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us.